Welcome to the Universe the Game podcast. I'm your host, Nick Zai, and I have today with me the Abundance Alchemist. And this is going to be a really interesting episode because we talk about a lot of the same things and a lot about the same topics. And so I'm interested to hear all of your perspectives on the world, on consciousness, really. And one of the really fascinating things that I find about you is that you you talk a lot about the different aspects of existence and how to really live from a place where you can be at peace with what's happening in the world and outside of you but you can still interact with it you're not one that's off doing things far away but rather you've came to a place where you are you're able to be in the world but not of it and it seems like you maintain that really well so first off welcome yeah. and Thank you, um Thank and you. let's let's talk about um the great remembering because i think that's one of the things that you kind of kind of roll with on your profile so i think it's really interesting yeah so. well i'll just say first of all i'm humbled to be uh on your show nick and i absolutely love your your tiktok and instagram pages and i think uh you're truly going to be one of the warriors of the future in the great remembering and the great awakening so yeah um sort of touching on the remembering i think when we we talked briefly offline before um I, th I think what you said in the intro there was very, very fitting in that um, a lot of people sort of are leaning on things like, you know, galactic awakenings and um, star seeds and, and many things that have been prophesized about and things that seem very far away and very sort of out there and wacky. And that's great. And, you know, I, I believe as part of anyone's awakening, they should be able to embrace those things. But I guess my version of the great remembering is that this is not about anything else other than our hologram that is us going through our own awakening. That's all about us. And it's all about remembering who we are at our essence and on our source. I think that's really important. Yeah, because that's when you remember, essentially, it's it's already there. You don't have to go and attain anything. You don't have to do anything. It's just a realization or a remembering, which I think is really powerful because then you aren't feeling like you're you're going and looking or something that you don't have, you actually already have it, which I think is just a beautiful perspective to take in general. You know? Yeah, for sure. So I think I think what tends to happen is you you sort of have people go through these, I guess, I'm going to say four, and it might turn into five phases of an awakening. So I think what, what happens is people wake up to the fact that, hang on a minute, is this life I've had so far and this job and this uh, looking at the mainstream media all the time and all the different frameworks that people have that they've just been taught you know from parents and grandparents that's as far as our sort of uh lineage microscope goes really in terms of what we know and then when we sort of start to awaken from the fact that maybe these things don't resonate with me and regardless of you know what your opinion is of them people it is one framework for all people and actually that's not what our creation and our reality is all about so what i think then happens is we move into a phase of um, questioning, you know, questioning, you know, what's this been all about? And, and then you go into a crazy period of the sort of the alternative media and what people might call the conspiracy theorists or the light workers or the different things. And you start learning about all of these different things, but it's all about, it's all about reaching out for things. You want to read all the books and you want to listen to all the podcasts and hopefully we get millions listening to this podcast and um, you want to get all the knowledge and it becomes almost like an obsession for a period of time. And then invariably, it creates more fear in people, I think, you know, because they're like, wow, well, I've lost this framework and now I'm trying to understand what actual reality is. And I can't, 
make any sense of any, any of it. And then the, I think there's what the magical surrender point happens where people realize, well, actually, this is about me. This is all about, you know, me remembering and, and learning more about sort of how I work. And I know some of the work you've done is around the Jungian archetypes and the gene keys and, and those different things. And I think those things are very relevant. Everything about you and your experience is, is, is an inside job. And it's about your framework and your structure and your projection of what you are. Yeah. It's almost like you go through a, a hero's journey and you have 100%. to be, it's, it's like there's an initiation and the mm. initiation is like, and I think what you're talking about there is kind of like this, you go into this world that I think, uh, Joseph Campbell called it the special world in his hero's journey archetypes. And it really is kind of like a storyline of most stories of human existence is what he found with his different ancient civilizations all had this basically archetypal archetypal, however you want to pronounce it. They had this this wheel that everyone would follow. And I think really what you're describing is that you're initiated into realizing that there's more going on here than what the ordinary world says, but you still, you're like letting go of that, but you still haven't exactly figured out yeah, what yeah, sure. everything else is. And yeah, then there's like that spiritual purgatory. <laughs> it's like a, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they, they call hard, that yeah. the ordeal in the, uh, right, the ordeal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so then the ordeal is really when you're like you're you're looking, you can't find what the truth is, but yet you know that this is not this is not it. Yeah. And yeah. you're just kind of in this place. So how uh, how do you think in your life you kind of got through that because I know that that's difficult for a lot of people. Yeah, so so I think um so look, I, I think uh, if if we're generalizing, I think really where where the where society in the world has been probably since um i believe victorian times you know where um the first factories were built and people went to one place of work and the 40 hour 50 hour work week came online i think henry ford created the 40 hour work week um it's been really based around a darwinian construct which is um you know survival of the strongest you know your status is dictated by how much money you earn, which then allows you to have certain things. So I've got the nicest car, therefore I'm the best and most successful person. And um, I think increasingly, especially given what's happened over the last sort of two, two and a half years as well, people have had a real sort of spotlight put on everything. And I don't think those things resonate anywhere near as much for many, many people now. And I think we've, we're going through a paradigm shift, whether you talk about the cycle of the Yugas, the great year, um, you know, the harmonic convergence where this all started in 1987, everything energetically is pointing towards that we are moving towards some form of an end of a civilization. And my belief is that going forward, um, authenticity, and, and again, I've heard you talk about this yourself, Nick, is that the people that will have true genuine happiness and success will be aligned with their own authenticity, which is aligned with things like their, um, their archetypal structures, you know, their astrology signs, all of the constructs that are around us that are, are way more complex and um, divine than anything we can imagine, I think, you know, based on what we don't know. That's the thing, you know, we see this very, very small hologram of reality. And um, and I think that's where we're moving right now. I think we're, we're seeing the disillusion of a massive Darwinian, egotistical, narcissistic society in many ways. And this sort of bifurcation is happening whereby people aren't going to live by those rules anymore in a positive way. 
you know i think we're, we're everything's going to become decentralized again it's quite exciting yeah it's almost like the with the evolution of consciousness and you know all about that because i see that you studied uh the dr david hawkins work as well and yeah, um it's hero. almost like yeah it's almost like <laughs> survival is no longer you know it really it's that solar plexus energy that willpower it was like that was a dominating uh archetype of fulfillment really and mm. we, we we are now moving into a society where it's like well fulfillment is actually a heart-centered thing and it's more about getting into how i can share with the world in some way or give a gift i think a lot of people that are uh, coming into the world now and are you know whether they came in recently or earlier earlier on whatever you want to however you want to put that a lot of people are realizing that it's important that they want to share something but mm. they don't exactly you know know what exactly that is and i think that's okay to not know but it's almost like people especially with what's happening now it's like we don't know how long we're going to be around we don't know how long we're going to be <laughs> chilling as humans it could be a long time it could not be we just really have no idea but yeah. it's like i think a lot of people are realizing well now is the time to actually do it because i don't know how much time we have we we aren't yeah. promised anything in a sense you know yeah 100 percent. and um as, as part of that as well and one thing that um dr hawkins used to talk about a lot was that um in our human experience so if, you know if you imagine that uh, religious constructs and societal constructs have created almost this like linear causality structure around us that we're born zero we get to 80 we die and that's it kind of thing and then various interpretations and obviously if you go to the eastern part of the world where all the the glamorized uh, you know zenism buddhism and the beautiful cultures they have there they think the westernized ways of thinking are absolutely crazy so you know it's just in our sort of western bubble we're, we're brought up in a certain way but dr hawkins sort of articulated it beautifully that everything is really everything that we have in this 3d experience that causes us grief or makes us strive or everything is is really around a fear of death the whole thing and his one of his talks is and then what so you know if you can pretty much move every every fear anxiety aspiration everything back to a fear of death it's because you want more security it's because you want to be safe it's because you want more money they're actually all an innate fear of death from our reptilian brain so and I think as we begin to understand and look, as I said, I think there's very much two, uh, two forces at work here. You know, there's been a bit of an, a technological assault on our younger children and, you know, with, with the gamification of their entire existence, um, which I think is, is kind of a, a dangerous territory, probably to even probably for another podcast, that whole thing, you know, the, the, uh, the yeah, you can talk about that. For, for a long time there's, there's yeah. a lot to unpack you know? yeah for sure for sure but i think as you say there's this sort of tsunami of um this remembering that's happening um certainly for myself it was very quite spontaneous i've always had it sort of bubbling in the background but um it's almost like it, it's been given to many many people and you can think of that as something biblical or spiritual or energetic or whatever but something enormous is changing in the energies of the, of the planet right now that is allowing the people of the planet to see more and to start to understand. And it does feel like the lead curtain is turning into a silk veil. That's that's what we feel. That's how I feel at the moment. Yeah, it's like people, I think uh, Nikola Tesla was one of, I don't know the quote exactly. I wish I did. I want to memorize it and I probably will mm. after today. 
But it's like <laughs> once science begins to understand non-physical phenomenon, we'll yeah. we'll um oh, what is it? Somebody put it in the comments below. <laughs> Tell me what it is <laughs> and I'll fit it. Yeah, but it's like yeah. when we study that phenomenon, then essentially we'll progress much faster, like it, incredibly yeah. faster than we have in previous generations because that's really what the, the I think what we, both of us really strive to do is help people to see that what we consider to be non-physical isn't scary and it mm. isn't too far-fetched to believe in things that we can't see you're not really believing them but at least to ponder them and that's really yeah. what i think the direction of true science will head in is understanding that maybe there is you know a, a such thing as what dewey larson's reciprocal system says where there's space yeah. time and then there's a there's the yeah, geometric yeah. inversion mm -hmm. into time space i saw your video on that it's really good yeah yeah yeah, thanks. So, I mean, <laughs> that's just one thing that I'm like, it, it's almost intuitive. I feel like it's intuitive yeah, to a sure. lot of us that there's this other realm that exists that's kind of overlaid and you see it in video games, you see it in TV shows, you see it in movies. And I, yeah. I just think it's a really interesting concept, you know? It really is, yeah. And um, I, I think if you, if you go way back to sort of, you know, the alchemists and um, hermetic principles and the Emerald Tablet and all of these beautiful, I mean, I've, I've read so much about this. And even people like Sir Isaac Newton were alchemists and their, their principles were based around, um, because obviously now we've moved to this carbon-based, gas-based, science-based um, reality we have where everything is unless provable is not real. That's really kind of the, 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 the theory. Yeah, scientific had. materialism, right? Scientific materialism, there you go. So you explain that much better than me, but the, the great alchemists, <laughs> the great alchemists um, knew that the, the power within the science and you know, the lead to gold and the experiments we're doing at that time relied on that connection to something greater, which was very much where Jungian um psychology moved to he was probably the first um sort of trailblazer of that in terms of psychology meets spirituality and and i think that's very much where we're moving back to now and if you think about people like bruce lipton greg braden um joe dispenza you know these guys who are really flying the flag um there's actually a beautiful video called the three amigos with um bruce lipton dispenza and um greg braden where as a molecular biologist and I've actually calibrated Bruce Lips and he calibrates incredibly high on the consciousness scale, the Hawkins scale. Um, and he's basically pretty much been able to prove that we are not in our body. You know, we are a bunch of protein cell receptors outside of our body. And this is just an avatar. And he's been able to pretty much scientifically document and prove that now. So where does that leave traditional science? I don't know. It's, it's you know, we're at that, we're at that evolutionary point right now which is the remembering because this people in ancient civilizations that were maybe more, um, you know, spiritually based and not as technologically based, they knew this, they knew this stuff. And this is the remembering of that now. So it's going to be a blend of the technological advances with the spiritual advances. So it's quite crazy times. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, what else do you even say? Because it's 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 like the threshold really is public opinion, almost a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah. And when enough people, I think there's a incredibly growing amount of people that realize that there is a non-physical realm or that there's things happening that we can't see. And I mean, just from a scientific materialism perspective, mm -hmm. they had to admit that radio waves 
exists and we can't see them. You know, x-rays exist. So science does say that there are things that yeah. that exist that we can't see, but there's just this bias towards the spiritual. And I think that there's going to be here in this, like, I would say the next couple of years, even I can see this happening. It yeah. is happening right now where yeah. there's going to be more and more people that are like, yeah, there's a lot going on here that we can't see, but that actually affects yeah. our reality. That can be solar cycles. That can be uh, sacred geometry of different things. And, and, um, you know, I did see that, that you're into sacred geometry too, which oh, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. <laughs> because there's not as many people that talk about it. So yeah, you know, for sure. What do you think about, um, in general, how did you come across sacred geometry and what, what do you think it means to somebody who has never really understood it? Cause I think a lot of people that are, are kind of like what there's cool geometry. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> I, yeah. So, so in terms of, um, the, the sort of the basis of my sort of dive deep into sacred geometry, geometry, mine's probably more around the Kundalini energy, the Merkaba, the, uh, the flower of life type side of it. So more uh, the Shakti and Shiva activation of the chakras. And I believe that literally, if you, if you look at the flower of life, we are just all a version of sacred geometry. We're just, you know, and the Fenerbahce sequence, as you know, the, the, the golden ratio, etc. It's all in beautiful divine order. Now, the, the, the quadrillion dollar question is, is why is it so? And, and how, how did it become? And that's the question that has tortured mankind for thousands of millennia like we we're starting to understand that yes this is this we know now that everything's just energy like this this cup doesn't really exist it's just a, a energy that's created we're, you know and there's so many new sort of principles coming online um but that i think the sacred geometry leads me very quickly via, sort of via the the tesla thing through the merkaba thing through the, the different things but it gets to the point of it's all about then rationalizing and trying to understand the fabric of the universe is all and if you look at nasim haramin's work it's incredible i'm sure you've seen his work oh yeah um oh, yeah. just he's kind of the godfather of this stuff right and um and um that you know this is almost again provable science now and he's creating all sorts of crazy machines i don't know if you saw um the the foster gamble film he did the second one um oh, what was it called Thrive, Thrive 2. Have you seen Thrive 2? I haven't, no, but... You've got to watch Thrive gonna... 2, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yes. That's brilliant. So, um, yeah, so th watch that movie. It's fantastic. And um, all of this stuff about sacred geometry is kind of at least debatable. Much of it's now provable, but it's the, the why and the what. What is it? That's the big question, I think, you know. Yeah, and what implications does it have for us as humans? Yeah, for sure. You know, because sure. that, that might change when we start to think of reality on a scientific level that it comes from geometry, then we can explore how that geometry, how it exists in the way that it does. And that can give us a lot of secrets into how the universe was created. And then I think the, the lead into that is then giving us technology that runs off of the same principles that our universe does. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, which I, I believe we've had before. Um, but well, then it's it's hard to uh, you know again that's a whole different podcast. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm with you hundred percent on that. I mean it's yeah. pretty clear when I mean what what have you found for evidence yourself on that? Well, look, I spend a lot of time in London, right? Working in London, and um, even a lot of the old, the old hotels. I mean, never mind things like St Paul's Cathedral, Westminster Abbey. You know, some of the beautiful buildings. 
there is no way on God's green earth that they were built by people with horses and carts and pickaxes and shovels. Absolutely no way. Um, with with the, the explanation that they were far more skilled than us back then. So they were able to build these precision pillars and lay them and build them even more precise than we can build buildings today. Just, the whole nonsense, the whole notion is nonsense. Now, whether or not that's a, a sinister explanation that's happening or whether or not people just don't know and they've just interpreted it as such, I don't know. But anybody that goes to a major city, just look up, you know, all of the domes and the lead, the copper tops and the antennas. And it just looks like there was a power grid there before. And obviously we know Tesla was building his dome to replicate this and it was closed down and he was bankrupted by JP Morgan and all of, and these aren't conspiracy theories. These are written into history. Um, so right. yeah, there's, there's much we don't know. And I think you're right as part of the spiritual great remembering, I think, um, my personal belief is that cathedrals, cathodes, cathedrals, um, were great giant healing centers as well. People went in for healing, like physical, energetic healing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, uh, the same thing in the law of one talks about how pyramids when used correctly are centers for intelligent energy and infinity and it can pour through it. And maybe the geometry of the cathedrals was very, it was different, but it was the same concept as pyramids that yeah. they can Etheric be used for energy. healing. Yeah. Right. So, so pulling energy from, you know, and I, I, I think that's why diamonds are so valuable, right? Apparently in the pyramids, they were the most um, energetic commodity to bring the energy in. That was mm, the original the original reason diamonds yeah and, and apparently the healers that would be in the pyramids i mean this is all i'm, I'm just um i'm not calling this fact i'm just saying from what i've read that they right, had it's evidence to, yeah it's evidence they had to it. hold a very high energy themselves or this energy would just frazzle them you know it was so powerful <laughs> yeah so it's to, it's yeah. almost as like how in the law of one it talks about how you have to balance crystals and there has to yeah. be somebody who balances them that's actually in balance themselves. It's like the same concept. Same, exactly the same concept. Yeah. And, and look, we, we run the, we run um, the, the world wouldn't communicate, but for quartz crystal right now. Right. So <laughs> yeah, people don't realize that these computers, <laughs> yeah. they're running We're using crystals, crystals anyway. Yeah. It's a like, spiritual grid anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way that they're designed is a little bit different than what people think. And there there's yeah. different types, but it's still the same process. And people are like, crystals are <laughs> there's something wrong with them crystals and you're like but you use them every day on yeah. all your technology pretty much in i mean Mac, the phones in your Mac. yeah it's crazy yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's yeah that's um so yeah that i think uh that the if allowed the, the second part of the awakening will be a remembrance of uh, many many technologies we've lost that'll be great for humanity right yeah, we'll just basically go forward with the technology that we have with crystals and it'll it'll increase there'll be new different techniques. I mean, there's crystal power. I think Dolores Cannon had in Convolute yeah. Universe talked about crystal power, right? And then there was uh there are different types of power like frequency, like uh, Tesla had with you know, you can have sound power in the law of one. It says that the pyramids were moved with sound essentially, or you know, there's different interpretations of what you would consider to be sound. You know, in the Bible, it says that it, you can move things. If you're basically, if your mind is focused or you are one with the creator, you can move a mountain. It says in the Bible in a different way. Is in the yeah. law of what a different way. It's yeah. all kind of the same interpretation on some parts. I mean, there's distortion in everything. That's really where I'm at. I, I like to think the law of one has less distortion because we have the source material. Yeah. And um, there was not a, really a telephone game. 
have you i'm just curious have you ha had any experiences with like were you raised in any religious way or were you kind of more open and then you discovered this kind of what was your journey to getting into this type of material like let's say if somebody wanted to start to explore the things you do kind of how did it go for you, you know? yeah for sure so i think um i think my my background actually i wasn't raised in a, a religious family or um particularly very spiritual family i mean i think um probably my dad more than my mom was a bit more intrigued about more like the tony robbins jack canfield stuff more like the positivity and that side of things but um i genuinely personally believe that if if these things for me it's, it was just it hit me like a steam train like i think and often i think when we go through adversity when we have loss or when we have um issues emotionally financially or you know grief any of these things i think they they are always um painful but they're always setting you up for the next big ver version of yourself or the next big phase of your life so and I think if you look at the guideposts there, when those things happen, that's really where the magic is. So mine, is, mine probably is through a couple of those things happening. And I, my belief is, um, and I say this in a non-arrogant um, way, my belief is that I've been brought to this place and this time now to begin to educate people in a non-egotistical, non-judgmental uh, way about different methods and ways of living their lives um more with authenticity and in service to others so i believe that all the mistakes i've made all the things i've had go wrong all the the situations that have happened to the detriment of my overall journey or so i perceive have really brought me to this point now where all i can think about all the time is i want to know what this is i want to understand i need to meditate i need to go within i need to help this person and and it's almost you'll know the same nick as well with this journey we're on most of the time it doesn't feel like it's a vocation or a, a chore or a task because it feels like it's more been given to us to do it's like a and as you say with the things like the gene keys if you can really start to align with those as your fundamental truths and they're authentic in your uh, soul then that's where the magic is so that i guess that if anybody's wanting to start this journey just listen just sit take space and listen listen for the guideposts you, it will be given to you. Yeah, it's like you can use whatever's happening in your life as some sort of guidance that there's always some sort of, there's something that's happening underneath the surface than what most people think when things happen to them. And if you oh, start yes. to maybe look underneath the surface as to maybe what not even a lot of people choose to see, but that is it is available. For example, you don't have to think that life is an opportunity. You don't have to think that, um, anything is happening, you know, for you, you can think that it's happening to you and that you're a victim. And I think that that's, you know, part of the journey to be there. Yeah. But at the same time, it's almost as though there is a perspective that's available that really, after we go through enough, we realize that there's no value to us to see things as happening to us and that they're, we're just getting spited by something or someone, but rather there's some something that it's leading us towards that's beautiful. And if we just kind of follow yeah. that, even it might be as simple as like, you're having uh, a, a tough financial time, let's say that there's a gift in that, that that's what that's going yeah. to do is that's going to lead you inner and be like, well, how can I generate the, 
the courage or let's just say strength to get through this. And then you get through it. And then on the other end, you're like, well, it was a gift because now I have this strength in every area of my life. And now I can teach exactly. people how to have that strength. Hallelujah. You know, so. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Exactly. And um, this universe is a real pain in the ass. Let me tell you, because if you don't listen to the signposts and the guideposts and what you're being told, it keeps coming back harder and harder and harder till you get it. Even if it's in your next life, it's going to keep coming back. So yeah. <clears throat> the big, the biggest secret, in the universal truths that people like Dolores Cannon talked about and a lot of the spiritual sages and avatars. And if you actually, um, if uh, you know, much of the Bible I believe has been distorted, but you, if you actually read things like the lost gospel of Thomas and, and, and the, uh, the readings within those books, it's very much about you, you have to take the lessons. These are karmic cycles that you're working through. And um, there's actually evidence that this stuff is there. I was, I was reading, a, if we got time, Nick, I was reading a, a beautiful, listening to a beautiful audio book. It's only a short one called Many Lives, Many Masters. Have you heard of this book? Joseph or Weiss? Is yeah, Brian Weiss. Brian Weiss. Brian, Weiss. Brian Weiss. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's wild. It's just like a... <sighs> Wow. It's, it's a like bit Dolores Cannon, isn't it? It's a bit Dolores Cannon, you know. In, it's like Dolores Cannon. It's like uh, Dr. Michael Newton's work. I talked about Journey of Souls a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah it's yeah. just more evidence. For it's more the evidence, same. yeah. And it, like, it makes the hair on, stand on end. I'm, like I've got goosebumps everywhere when he's in, because he's a science guy. He's a Harvard guy. He's a science guy. He's a, he's a psychologist. And he's obviously got this intrigue and this brain that's intrigued. And he sits there and, and it's the moment where um his dead father and his son who died very young and his heart was backwards they come through and it's that moment where the woman says things that she would never have known because it was a patient to doctor relationship and it's just like you cannot it's undeniable that there is guidance there for people and the guidance there for him was to allow him to get past his grief but also to tell him to explore this 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 is where you need to and he healed thousands of people after that with taking them into past life regressions or the life regressions moving a little bit away from his scientific approach and that's kind of i guess a real nice story about um you know where everybody should take their guidance from sometimes it's not as obvious as you think yeah it's like the when it gets dark sometimes it can get pretty dark and <laughs> yeah. you know, i think there's I've people there. <laughs> like right i think most of us have been there where it just seemed and you might be there right now even um, and so it's just as though we see that the darkness serves a purpose. And a lot of the times it's to move closer to, we could say a definition of truth could be, uh, life giving, let's say. And so if we, we start to move towards life giving aspects of our nature, a lot of the times when we have things that are in falsehood happen to us, or even not even from an emotional standpoint, we could just even say physical things that happen to us. Uh, you know, I, I know Dr. Joe has the same type story yeah. where he got in that bike accident with and his back, with his back. Yeah, and the, yeah. Yeah. And he said that he could basically heal his, if I heal my back, I'll serve the world essentially is what it was. And if Incredible he could heal it without story. surgery and yeah. he figured out a way to use his mind and is not just his mind is in his ego, but he aligned himself to infinity or to whatever you want to call it. There's so many different religions. You could call it 
Buddha nature, you could call it Christ consciousness, you could call it whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, in essence, he lined up to to this field that was greater than him that allowed it, and he allowed that healing to happen by letting go enough for, you know, you again, you could say that happened in so many different ways. Yeah. <laughs> but there was, the result was that this thing that happened to him that at one point was so difficult eventually turned into probably, maybe if you ask him now, he may say it was the best thing that ever happened to him. It must be, yeah, for, for Joe Dispenza, because the amount of help he gives people and actually his retreats he does where he gets people awakening their Kundalini energy and that some of the results he gets are incredible. And yeah, I think he was laying in bed for like three months, wasn't he? Completely depressed and just in full surrender. And um, if you actually listen to um, many of um, David Hawkins' books, he was the same. He was, he wasn't, he was very sick. Um, he struggled with all sorts of physical ailments. Um, he he turned to atheism for a while because he was so distraught with how painful the world was for him. Um, you know, and he had a, a wonderfully successful practice in New York. He had like 150 people working for him. And um, he went through a lot of pain to get to his enlightenment. And that's it. You know, we're, we're here for that reason. Um and that that's my firm belief and that's that's part of the journey you're right and it, as, again it goes back to the hero's journey and the different the different methodologies that have been been applied to it but where we're going right now i i personally don't believe that i i, I do believe there's been a big mass suppression happened for a very long time so it, it's kind of not been our fault there's been a dumbing down of humanity which i believe i mean look you can then get into things like non-duality you can get into things like um all of this is for a greater purpose. There is no darkness. There's only the oneness that is all, you know, so it can go really, really deep. The Zenism philosophies that say we're just the passengers here, you know, our thoughts come from the field and are in the one ten thousandth of a second between the thought coming into the field and into our head, the ego takes ownership of the thought. Um, but I, I genuinely believe that all of these constructs that have been over us are shifting now and it's, like Doc said, Dr. Hawkins said, he said, you're a thousand times more likely than ever in history to go through a spiritual awakening than ever before right now. Why do you think that uh, more people are spiritually awakening right now? Well, I think, number one, you don't have to go and um, find an obscure cave in the side of a Tibetan mountain and pray for six years to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, uh, to sort yeah. of get some, uh, you know. I think back in like the 30s and 40s and, you know, up until the 70s and 80s, it, it was very much that people had to go and, you know, live the life and be in that. And I, I think, um, obviously, the commercialization of anything is dangerous, but there has been a mass commercialization of spirituality. And, and with that has come this, as you say, this, if we are a oneness and a collective consciousness, um, I think there is a small group of people awakening well, a substantial group, still not the majority. Um, I think Doc says that less than half a percent of the global population will ever want to awaken themselves spiritually. So it's not massive. It's, it's still a minority, but it's the groundswell is moving. And I think ever more now, the more adversity that's being put on people, which is known as fear from the main narratives and different things going on, I think now people are going, hang on, I'm, I've had enough of this now. There must be an alternative to this. And that's where almost the darkness is creating light. You know, the, I think that's what's starting to happen more and more. 
So the mass awakening is being, again, being prompted by mass adversity. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, it really seems as though a lot of the times we think of what's happening in the world as negative, but it does serve a purpose. And it's ridiculous when you think about it, but it's like, well, that's really what's happening. You have people that are like, exactly. okay. And it really is. It's crazy because it comes down to the solar cycles that really play into this. And people might be like the solar cycles, buddy. But I'm like, when you study the solar <laughs> cycles, you find that every time important events happen in human history with it changes, the sun yeah. ramps up. And so yeah, yeah. if that's the case, the sun's ramping up right now. Uh, oh, yes. There, there might be, you know, some major factors that are even cosmic that are coming into this, and therefore it's causing human excitability, as Alexander Shizetsky used to say, yeah. who was the uh, the guy who did the research. Yeah. Um, and when that happens, you're going to have a lot of darkness, but you're also going to have the light is coming right up with it. And, oh, yes. you know, in the in the law of oh, one, yes. I think I'm sure you know that just for the people who don't, I think it's important to realize is that spiritual truths are relative. And that makes sense when you look at the law of one, when we see that it does say that there is a positive ascension and that there's a negative, you can call it ascension or descension, but yeah. yet those still do come together in sixth density. And yeah. so, so it's, ne it's negative force density, isn't it? Where it's a, it, yeah, that's it. I think is that, and we're moving into force density now, aren't we according to the law of one? So yeah, yeah, with the law of one, it's like we're moving into the fourth density in, and you can get from the, th from the third to the fourth by being more in service to others than you are yourself really. Is what 51%, it isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, right. That was, just, yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> just, just a little bit. <laughs> They're like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> just be a just little bit nicer. <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> That's, it. That's what it is, though. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's really what it comes down to. And, uh, you know, there's the yeah. negative descension, which is 95% or more in service to yourself. And I always tell people, don't even worry about that because you really got to do some sketchy things to get yeah, even yeah. close to 95%. And um, it's almost like the the... How that makes sense is that if you have, it just comes down to electromagnetism. If you have two poles on a on a magnet, right? Let's say this pen is a magnet. You have a positive yeah. and a negative. Mm. From one perspective, there's going to be a positive and a negative. But then yeah. from a zoomed out perspective, it's all one pen and it's yeah, all one 100%. magnet. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, if you want to look at non-duality, we're talking about how, you know, these things are... It's all one. And that's like, well, they're looking at yeah. the perspective of the whole pen. But from one perspective, yep. it is still relatively true that there is life-taking forces and life-giving forces. And you can look at them as A and B. You can look yep. at them as positive or negative, or you can transcend it and look out. And I think it's just relative depending on where you're at on your journey that yep. it'll help, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, it's much like uh, uh, Hawkins on the Hawkins scale. So he, so there's a few, there's a few factors at play there. So, his belief and he actually experienced this dr hawkins where you pass um what you would say is 600 on the scale obviously the scale is logarithmic so it, it jumps so you know a thousand is infinitely more um evolved than 200 it's not like 800 difference it's, it's thousands and thousands of times more evolved um <clears throat> but at that point you choose to be in the human form or not when you get past 600 to 650 you go through then you begin to go into phases of enlightenment and Dr. Hawkins very much believed that there were between four and six people alive on the planet at any one time that basically knit 
our, our dimensions together. <clears throat> so, you know, they would be like your ascended masters, etc. And um, and the polarity there is is that I believe it's more now, like eighty-five plus percent of people in our realm calibrate below two hundred. So that's the polarity. So you, that's in a negative polarity, which is fear, grief, anger, suppressed. You know, all these different emotions. So the fifteen percent are kind of propping up the rest of humanity. So that's like your your sort of magnet there. But obviously the the positive polarity seems to be a lot more powerful. I think in the law of one, they talk about um, the sixth where they're from. I think the Orion, uh, they talk about the Orion density. They're from the same, but there's less of them. There's a, there's a less strong force there as well. But even the darkness that apparently is over us is from the same dimension as the, in the law of one as, as, as Ra and their, their, um, their group. So I think, um, it's really fascinating. It's really fascinating. But but I, it's all consciousness based, isn't it? It's the whole thing is consciousness based. If you raise your consciousness to six hundred or above, that was this is my original point. Sorry, I went around it and digressed a little bit. If you raise your consciousness to six hundred on the Hawkins scale, everything becomes perfectly in divine order. There is no good. There is no bad. Everything is just spontaneously existing as it is and all of the potentialities of what it is. There is no right, there is no wrong, there is no good, there is no bad, because you see the divinity in everything. Yeah. And that's the truth. We just don't see it through our, our veil, you know. Yeah, 100%. And I think, uh, I think those calibrations were like from... Th those calibrations are correct as far as I know. Those were from his book. I think it's in Truth Versus Falsehood. Yeah. Um, and yeah. just so people know, that was in the 2000s i'm yeah, pretty sure 2000, so 2008 2009 maybe he died in 2012 didn't he doc i think so well he didn't yeah. die he left his body well he left he left yeah. <laughs> he, he got but, he got another chance to go and he left because uh, <laughs> i mean what a guy what a guy what a guy yeah. yeah and i like to i like to think that uh those calibrations are a little bit less now. We have a little bit more of the population that is, it's not 85. Maybe it's, you know, we have, it's not 85, 15, 85, negative, 15 positive. <laughs> maybe we're getting there, you know, especially with the yeah. last couple of years, maybe where it's more and more. I would, I would like to uh, at least speculate or, or uh, yeah. have faith that some of those numbers have increased because I've seen it. I mean, I've seen the amount of people and it really just yeah. comes down to, as you were talking about before, I think it's just an important point. Spiritual awakening is much easier now because knowledge is not hidden as much. Now, of course, there's always going to be yeah. some sort of hidden knowledge, uh, but in um, maybe not always, but for a while there will be. Uh, and so if spiritual knowledge is no longer in the shadows, then people have access to it. And I think that's twofold. One, because they're not having to hunt and gather. And yeah. so they're, they're, you're not focused on survival as much. And I think the law of one said that that was... Uh, when you, the reason why you sit, like you said, you can gain so much traction in this incarnation is because the the chances for love to appear or opportunities for love to happen are much more in this life. Because of that, you don't yeah, have to. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Right. You don't have to hunt and gather. You don't have to do all these things. But at the same token, it's not just that you don't have to hunt and gather. It's also that there's information available onto what is this other what is the evolution yeah. of consciousness? We can find yeah, yeah. that. And uh, for a long time, that was not something that was available because yeah. 
as you know, there was certain power structures in place where we didn't have access to that information unless it was through something. And I think for the first time, unless <laughs> it was yeah. right. You'd be burning a stake, wouldn't you? If you, uh... <laughs> it wouldn't look good. It wouldn't yeah. look good. <laughs> you, yeah. You couldn't talk about those things in the pub, you know? <laughs> right. And, and as much as people hate on the internet, sometimes I think it is a, it's basically a micro version of telepathy that is, you know, more technological based, uh, that we can, yeah basically have a when people think about what is the akashic records it's like the akashic records are just the internet with no information hidden yeah yeah <laughs> and Fantastic, i was so yeah. so the internet is something that really helps us uh, especially right now because yeah. we can find conversations like this or there's plenty of other ones yeah, where yeah. you yeah can we're not gonna get to arrested say, no one's gonna storm your uh, studio there and then haul you off for talking about anything other than God's word, you know, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? I think you made a really good point there and it really resonated with me actually that um, despite what we're going through right now as a, a, a civilization and humanity as a whole and becoming more of a global population and everybody's seeing that we're having all this, these problems and issues and um, things that are happening. I think for the most part, we're infinitely more compassionate and loving as a, a species than we've ever been. And I think you've made a really good point there. I did, I, it never really occurred to me. So thank you for that, that um, it's a lot easier to be loved than to love now, right? That, I think that's one of the, that's the most beautiful things I've heard. Um, and that's so true. And I think, yeah, you, the receptor to awaken is love of self and service to others via loving others. And I think that's, that's really important. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Doc said this incarnation is, I think the, it's pretty close. I'm not scuffing this too much because I remember this one, but um, <laughs> it's this incarnation is the maximum, Earth right now is the maximum opportunity for karmic growth. Yeah. And um, for people, first off, how do you see karma yourself um, when it comes to, because I know that's a, that can be kind of a sketchy thing. Do you have some, some thoughts on uh, karma? Because for me, I kind of see karma as like, I'm actually writing about this in my book, which will be yeah, out yeah. next month. Um, this concept of karma is tough because people can get so triggered, so triggered. And I like to, yeah. you know, a, a micro kind of look at karma without, I don't, I'm not going to say all the different factors here, but um, I see it kind of as there's attractor fields and you could say that there's basically magnetic fields and that when you do certain things, the consequence or you do, or yeah. you're being in certain States, the consequences you go into a field. Yeah. And then cause as, and effect, maybe that sort of principle. Maybe. Yeah. There's just in physicality, there's from one yeah. perspective, there's you go into a field when you do certain things and then that field kind of manifests physically. And then a lot of the times to get out of that field, like one of the most important quotes from the law of one, I think is it was my first TikTok video that when I actually started doing it was Brilliant. what is like, I think the, the series that I did, I might bring the series back because I talked a lot <laughs> about the law of one, but it was interesting concepts from the law of one. And if you go back and look, I talked about how the, the stoppage of karma is forgiveness. And it's such a yeah. simple thing, but um, really forgiveness of self and others. And then we can talk about the duality of that, but yeah. In essence, it's like forgiveness is the energy that is, as Albert Einstein said, is greater than the energy that created you going into that field. So it's like the resistance of you like pushing out of that field is forgiveness. 
So that's yeah. kind of how I see karma in a sense is like your karma will yeah. continue until you reach a sense of forgiveness of yourself and others. And, um, and yep. then when you do that, and then there's the consequences for those and you, and you let go of that, uh, you could say impedance of the karma itself. Cause really impedance is like, it's the thing that's stopping you from going. If you know, like, yep. um, subs and that kind of thing. I used to have a set of uh, subs when I was growing <laughs> up in my car because you know, that, yeah. <laughs> that was a point in my yeah. life. And, uh, you know, I, I liked yeah. music, so I put a huge set of <laughs> just off so topic. upset the neighbors <laughs> <laughs> i actually was going through my hometown one time and yeah. uh and i got pulled over because there was a bunch of old people in the courtyard doing doing stuff <laughs> and oh, no. i had them too loud and they pulled me over and i was like oh, you know no. i was young i was like what 17 and the cop yeah, was like yeah. whoa what, what are you doing i didn't get a ticket but it was just like i remember it because yeah yeah that's, well, I, th uh, I think uh i think like um so there's like multi, it's multifaceted, like the, I think there's a lot of um, insights about karma if you study the NDE stuff and what people say when they go to the afterlife and they're detached. A lot of them say they meet a committee and they have a chat and they're told what's happened and they're, they're reminded of the things that they did wrong, but they're the most obscure things like you didn't help this person with the trolley in the supermarket and then this created this or what, you know, all these crazy thing i think there's a bit in there i think um i think um karma is also an elevation of consciousness which doc would talk about is the end of karma so i think if you're above 540 into pure love into moving into enlightenment on the hawkins scale if you're seeing everything as oneness there's no bad then karmic cycles surely end on that basis and then obviously dolores talked about it a lot as well um that we do have cycles and we have con soul contracts and we choose who we come into this earth with, you know, difficult family members, difficult friends. And this is our training ground for that. So what I think they kind of all congregate on the same theme, don't they? And what I say to people when I do my lives and I talk to people, Nick is, is I say, let's, let's just like step outside of all this, right. For a second and say, this whole thing that we're talking about, that we believe, be it God, be it the universe, be it quantum physics, be it quantum entanglement, be it the law of one, be it David Hawkins, the whole shebang. Let's just say the whole thing is a great hoax, right? And none of it's real and none of it's true, right? Let's say the whole thing is a load of balls. It doesn't exist. And there's a complete futility about this existence we have, but it's something else that we don't know about. What I do believe is that all of these things that we've talked about tonight, bar none, are about being in service to others, being kinder, being, um, being nicer to your fellow humans, choosing love, not hate, um, being more socially coherent, trying to do the best you can, trying to help people where you can. So I think almost by that very rationale, we create our own spiritual matrix based on those fundamental beliefs don't we mm -hmm. so they all sort of congregate on the same theme doesn't matter what you think they're all basically raising humanity because of their their the the message in their existence right wow that's beautiful and it's like <laughs> it, it's almost as though that's kind of a mic drop moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. But, that's all i've got that's all i've got <laughs> <laughs> that's all folks um uh, you know yeah. i think that is a good place to to uh wrap yeah, it up sure. here because 
you i i'll bring you on again if you're willing because you, sure, there's sure. infinite amount of things that we could talk about and it's uh it's been a pleasure and you know i'm just gonna bring you an impromptu question yeah uh just just uh let me know what you think if uh Let's say, and I'm just making this up off the top of my head because I just feel like doing it at this moment. This was not pre-planned. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's say that, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> let's say that um, today, this this is the last podcast you ever did. This is the last time you talked yeah. online, and you had to leave humanity with one message that was just it. It was something that uh, you felt was really important for people to understand. It can be complex. It can be simple. If you were to never talk to anyone again, and let's say you did go yeah. enter one of those caves and that was yeah. it, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. what would be some things or maybe one thing or something you would tell people like, this is, this is what, this is what it's about. Yeah. <clears throat> um, two things I would say probably in, in my current sort of belief system, we're, we're completely the passenger. We do not control anything. So there's a, there's a complete futility around both the distorted negative aspects that we bring from our past and bundle into our current thoughts. And then, and then we project those into, we're just observing thoughts of the past and projecting them into a future that doesn't exist very simply. So just be here right here, right now. And you don't know what's going to happen. There could be a trillion different outcomes. And if you really dig into your heart and your soul and think nothing ever happens as you really expect it to, you do, your ego just takes ownership of occurrences. So the, be, the being in the now is the easiest thing to say, but that's what everybody's soul mission is. Be surrendered and be in the now. And the love state will come from the flow state. And there it is, folks. <laughs> that's all I've got. <laughs> and there it is. All right, man, it's been beautiful. I yeah, do, beautiful, maybe next man. time we bring you on, uh, I kind of would want to talk about, uh, just to kind of leave a cliffhanger for you, I kind of want to talk about, uh, do we have control? Do we, is manifestation the way people think about it? It's kind of a buzzword, but is there yeah. different ways that we can co-create or is that something that we don't have any control over? Oh, Looks like we'll discover that, yeah. <laughs> we'll discover yeah. that in the next episode, folks. And until yeah. then, <laughs> it's been yeah. a pleasure, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, thanks for watching this episode of Universe the Game. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you're subscribed. That way you get the notifications and you know when we have the next conversation up with some of the amazing guests that we do have on. Weekly podcasts are now coming, so we're going to be talking to a lot of amazing guests here, all right? So thanks again for watching, and I will see you in the next episode. And until then, peace.